right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, and we just said thank you for that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Just so you know, our website is uh, having some problems this morning. We're in the process of fixing that. Uh, that's a bad time for us to uh, have issues on Sunday morning, but we apologize for that. Some of you, by the time you listen to this, hopefully we'll have it fixed. But anyway, uh, that is in the works, and uh, we will have that fixed shortly. But we, uh, just so you know, all of our teachings are, are archived on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So even though our, our website is down a little bit this morning by the time, hopefully you watch it, this uh, you will be fine. But uh, we do have everything on, live, on YouTube, our YouTube channel as well, uh, including Facebook if you want to scroll all the way down and find all of our messages. But it's easier to archive them that way. But anyway, uh, just so you know, we have all that. We thank you for our, 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 our partners who have partnered with us on tithes and offerings. And also through mail, uh, people have done that. We have our mailing address on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org. And we thank you for our partners for that. Uh, we're growing. We're reaching the 7,000 mark as far as our followers. And uh, I apologize for not being able to uh, do that on our website this morning, but you will be able to do shortly. Uh, so once we get that fixed, um, you know, uh, anyway, <coughs> um, we will have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock on Effortless Change. And then tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, excuse me, not tomorrow, uh, Wednesday at 7 o'clock, the Believer's Authority. So anyway, uh, without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into my message this morning. I have a lot to cover. I probably won't finish what I have prepared. Uh, we'll, we'll continue on next week. Last week, I started a new series t uh, entitled Experiencing the Spirit of Faith. And in many ways, this is kind of a sequel to my last message on my series on knowing the Holy Spirit. When I'm done with this one, I'm going to do another sequel called, talk about walking and anointing. These three messages kind of go, uh, together, kind of like a trilogy. I'm not trying to create that, like Star Wars or whatnot. But anyway, these three kind of go hand in hand and they go together and they're just taking it from another angle and this one I'm last one I focused on the Holy Spirit this one I'm focusing on faith but really if you mix these two together it's it's pretty powerful and then the next one I got to bring these two teachings together faith and the Holy Spirit talking about walking in the anointing <coughs> so stay tuned for some uh, some of that later okay so I'm thinking this is we'll go about five or six weeks depending on how how we go, it could even go longer, so we're just not sure yet as, as the Holy Spirit kind of leads me. So we're talking about the experience, <laughs> excuse me, experiencing the spirit of faith, and we'll bring uh, that clarity in just a moment. So I don't want to just talk about faith, I want you to experience faith. You know, we talked in our last series how the fruit of the spirit, and one of the fruit of the spirit is faith or faithfulness. Some translations read that differently. And when you study on the Greek, it means being full of faith. And so, I'm okay with the either definition. There's a steadfastness to faith. If your faith is wavering, it's not steadfast, it's not faith. <laughs> and we're going to look at that a little bit later, Abraham, if we get that far today. Okay? So we want you to experience faith. And it's a spirit of faith. Our key verse that we're using to launch off this series is from 2 Corinthians 4.13. I want to cover that again today. We're going to be covering that throughout the series. 
And Paul says, he writes, he says, And since we have <coughs> the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. And last week we introduced two main points that we're covering throughout this series. We have the spirit of faith, and the spirit of faith speaks. In other words, we have the spirit of faith, and the spirit of faith that we have, it speaks. Okay? It's a speaking spirit. Okay? Now, we're not talking Harry Potter. We're not talking uh, ghosts and Casper or whatever. But uh, we, uh, we, how many know we are a spirit? We have a, we, uh, we have a soul and we live in the body. But our spirit, uh, we are a regenerated spirit. Our, our spirit has been regenerated. There's a lot I can touch on that. But we have the spirit of faith and the spirit of faith speaks. We have the spirit of faith. We, in our, our born-again spirits, those of us who are born again, we have the same spirit of faith as Jesus. We have his nature. We have his spirit. We have his virtue. We have his faith. And I can go on and on. That list is not in, is, is endless. Okay? Inside you, as a born-again believer, you have the spirit of Christ. You have the spirit of God. You have the glory of God. And you have the same power of Christ. We're talking about knowing the Holy Spirit last year, and so we're talking about uh, experiencing the Spirit of faith, and next year so we're going to talk about walking and anointing. You know, you can't get any more power if you really understand what you already have in Christ. <coughs> People are trying to experience the power of God. They're trying to experience faith. Christianity is supposed to work. You know, uh, you know, if something doesn't work, usually you got to check the batteries, make sure it's plugged in. Today, uh, we've been having some technical difficulties on our website, whatnot. It's supposed to work. We spend a lot of time on that website. We paid for some fees for that website to work. It's not working, you know. And so, Houston, we have a problem. But you can't get any more power if you really understand what you already have in, in Christ Jesus. Folks, we have the same power to raise Christ from the dead. We have the fullness of God. We have the spirit of the faith, and the spirit of faith speaks. Okay? We just need to understand what we have and how to use it. It's like a muscle. You know, yesterday, uh, this week, actually, I went, I went out and played some golf. You know, I, I used to play golf all the time. I haven't played golf in a while. And some of those muscles that I've, ha I haven't used in a while were speaking to me. They were going, ow! <laughs> you know, I have those muscles, but if I don't use them, they get rusty. They get sore and old. But it, it, and it just, and it's not so much an age issue. It's a matter that I wasn't using those muscles. I sit in the office a lot of times now. I'm not using a lot of muscles there, except for my brain sometimes. And even then, that gets rusty sometimes. Sometimes by the end of the day, my brain's going, ow! Okay? So anyway, we're, 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 we're good with that. You can't get any more power. You have in you, and I'm, I'm reliterating this over and over again. I did it last year, so I'm doing it again this year. You have in you. Stop trying to get it and realize what you have. You have in you the life of God, the nature of God, the light of God, the glory of God, the spirit of God, the virtue of God, the power of God. You have the victory of Christ. You have the spirit of faith. It's already in you. If you are born again, you are born of God. You are born of his nature he is already inside of you. <coughs> Again, since we have the spirit, same spirit of faith, there's only one spirit of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith, <coughs> excuse me, 
According to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Okay? Some of this is just a recap from last week, but I, I can't go forward until I, I, get, I set the stage again. The spirit of faith that we have, it speaks. It's a speaking spirit. Therefore, there are some things we are going to say. We will speak what we believe by faith. In other words, we can tell what you really believe by what you say. I can go and, you know, we minister to people, we counsel to people, and I can tell what they're believing by what they're saying. And I understand we have problems. I understand we have bad days. And I understand sometimes we just get tired. We grow weary in doing good. And, doing good. and I, even the best of it. There's been times where I have just kind of lost it and whatnot. And I'm not necessarily uh, applauding that and, and justifying that. But, you know, in the moment I can tell what I believe by what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, and you, you can just tell. Some people, they talk about their problems, and that's all they talk about. You believe in your problems. <laughs> and we need, you know, uh, we, have a, we have a different spirit. We have a spirit of uh, Joshua and Caleb. We should ha have the spirit that Joshua and Caleb have. You know, if you read, go back in, uh, uh, in the, um, uh, I think it's, uh, I forget which book it is in, it's in, but Joshua Caleb, we know the 12 spies that went to the land, two came back, 10 came back with an, an evil report, Hebrews writes, and two came back with a good report, but it said that Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They had the spirit of faith, and we'll be looking at that probably a little bit later. But there is no way you can separate what you say from what you believe. What you believe. You might intellectually believe in the cross and in healing and in different things. You might intellectually believe it. And by hearing the word faith, you know. And, and Andrew Womack would say many times, it's not usually a faith problem. It's an unbelief problem. You, what you, and uh, Arthur Menchus says unbelief is belief that's un. It's belief in the wrong direction. You know worry is, 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 is faith. It's is, is unbelief. It's faith. You are worrying. You are mowing it over. You are believing. You know, you know it says in the book of Job, uh, either chapter 1 or chapter 3, it says that Job said, the thing that I feared most happened to me. He had faith in a sense, in the negative sense, in the wrong sense, of all the things that were happening to him. And they all happened. There is no way you can separate what you say from what you believe. In other words, again, we can tell what you really believe by what you say. Okay? Because I have the spirit of faith, I am going to say some things. Okay? If, because I have it. In other words, I'm going to speak what God has said <coughs> about the situation. If I have the spirit of faith, and I do, if I'm walking in the spirit of faith, I'm going to say some things. I'm going to say what God says about the situation. I know my body might be acting up and in and, and pain and sore. And the doctor report, my lab report might come back negative. <coughs> Excuse me. But God says by his stripes I'm healed. I know my bank account says I don't, I'm in the red or I don't have enough to do what God's called me to do. But God says he shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say what God says about me. I'm going to say what God says about my situation. I'm going to say what God says about you and your situation. 
I'm also going to say what the Word of God says. You know, what does God God say? What does His Word say about your situation? Well, and when the Word of God, when your situation doesn't line up to the Word of God, guess which one is wrong? Guess which one has to change? God is never going to change. God's Word will never change. But your circumstance can change. Your body can change. Your finances can change. Your employment situation can change. Your relationships can change. But God will never change. His word will never change. What does God say about the situation? Because where does faith come from? The word of God. And so we need to hear and hear the word of God so we can walk in the spirit of faith and we begin to say some things. If, you, if faith is coming from the Word of God and the Word of God says you're healed, but you keep saying you're sick, somebody's wrong. Okay? Stop saying, stop, stop claiming your sickness. Stop claiming your victim, whatever you've been victimized or whatever. Start claiming what the Word of God says. I am blessed. I'm highly favored. I have the favor of God and favor with man and a good understanding. There's a lot of things we can say. You need to say what God says about you, your situation, and others. Okay? I'm going to keep speaking the promises of God. This is all the same thing, just saying different words. But I'm going to speak God's promises. For all the promises of God are yes in Him and amen in Him. Through the, for the glory of God by us or through us. Uh, First Corinthians one, Second uh, Corinthians 1, chapter verse, verse 20. Okay, I'm going to speak the grace of God. We're going to look at this in a little more de- detail from Ephesians chapter 2. But I'm going to keep speaking the grace of God by faith. Because I have the spirit of faith. I'm going to say some things. I'm going to speak what God says. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak the promises of God. And I'm going to speak the grace of God. Okay? Matthew 12.34. Uh, I'm picking up a middle chapter here. <coughs> Excuse me. But Jesus says some things. He's speaking to the Pharisees. He's speaking to the religious leaders. Because he's called them brought up vipers. He didn't call the disciples that. But he called the religious folks. He said, brought up vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance, key word there, by out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? The abundance. I want to capitalize on that word abundance. Whatever you put in, whatever you put in your thoughts and your mind, in abundance, is what you're going to say. You might come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. You might have devotions every day, however long that is—an hour, fifteen minutes, whatever that might be. But you're listening to the news all day long. You're listening to Facebook all day long. You're listening to this and that all day long. In abundance, you're listening to the, 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 the world, the world, and you have a little bit of a nugget of God's Word. What are you putting in your mind? What is you putting in your thoughts in abundance? Because whatever you put in the abundance of your heart and your mind, that is what you're going to speak. And that's what you're going to believe. I might look, look at the headlines of the news a little bit to know a little bit what's going on in the world. I don't do that all the time. I don't do that every day. Some people, they are glued to the news, Facebook and whatnot. And that's just one example. Some of you, you associate at work in different places with people saying a lot of different things. And in the abundance on the eight-hour workday, you're hearing what they're saying all day long. And I know sometimes in our work situations, we can't always control that. 
But we can guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Am I making sense? Bible says we need to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Whatever you put in your thoughts and mind in abundance is what you're going to say. Okay? You need to put the Word of God in abundance about your situation. You know, Andrew Womack on his website, you can find a lot of these on YouTube, but he has many healing testimonies, many life journey testimonies. And you know, all these testimonies have one thing in common. They got, the, if they need the healing, they got all the scriptures on healing, and they got the Word of God in their heart in abundance. And they saw their miracle. They saw their healing. They saw their life being changed around. But some people, they're putting again in the, in the abundance of news, philosophy, society, and even religious, Christian religious traditions. Jesus said, by your traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. There's some religious traditions, and there's some traditions I like. I like some, we have some traditions for Christmas and whatnot. But there's some traditions you make the word of God of no effect. And you have your traditions in abundance. But some of your traditions are unbelief. They're a blockade to allowing God's word to have effect in your life. Okay? If you put the word of God in your heart and in your mind in abundance, when you get in a tight place, it will just come out of you. You don't prepare for rain when it rains. You prepare for rain before it rains. You know? When you put the word of God in your heart and your mind in abundance, when the storm clouds come, when the when you're in a tight place, it will just come out of you. That's what we saw in David last week. And we're going to look at it a little bit again today. But sorry, uh, my Okay. Sorry, I was having a little problem with my PowerPoint there. What you put in your heart in abundance is going to come out. The word, whether the word of God, the promises of God are just going to come out of you. I understand that this is my situation. I understand this is what's going on in my world, my life, my finances, my body. But God, but God says this. I don't care what's going on in my body. I don't care. God says I'm healed. God says I'm blessed. God is going to bless the work of my hands and my job, my business, my career. But whatever you put in your heart in abundance is going to come out whether it's the word of God, the promises of God, or it's the cares of this world. Okay? Sorry, give me one second. We've got to have this working. Sherry can give you the remote. Okay, let's try this, okay? There we go. Apologize for that. In Matthew, same context, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says, But I say to you that for every idle word man, man may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Proverbs says it this way, if we can get there. Sorry about this. But we got to get this PowerPoint working.
like this is getting a little frustrating. But it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18.21 We don't realize it, but your tongue, James talks about this in detail in James chapter 3, but power, the life of death are in your tongue. God gave us power to speak things. And we're going to get into this. If our PowerPoint will work with us this morning, I think that a lot of this has to do with the Wi-Fi. I think we have a bad Wi-Fi connection right now. And I apologize for that. Again, going back to our key verse, since we have the spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I speak, we also believe and therefore we speak. We have the spirit of faith. We're going to speak something. We're not, we don't want to speak death. We want to speak life. Paul said in Romans that to be naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm not going to speak natural things. I'm going to speak spiritual things because I have the spirit of faith. Am I making sense? Hopefully I'm not losing you with some of our technical challenges this morning. But this is the passage we're in. This is our key verse. But last week we read almost all of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm just going to use my PowerPoint here this morning. So hopefully this will work for you. I'm going to do it innovatively, but I don't want to keep messing up time here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it came up here. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm not going to read the whole context, but how many of you know that in this world we have some challenges? We have some things coming against us. Okay? But we're not going to be destroyed by them. We're not going to be overrun by them. We're not going to, we're not, we're, we're not in despair. Their life is going to throw us some curveballs. Satan's going to come after us. Different things are going to happen. But we're not destroyed. Why? Because we have the spirit of faith. We're not destroyed. We are more than conquerors. We have the spirit of faith. And we are hard pressed on every side. So, I'm sorry. I, I wish this PowerPoint was working for me. It's working for me here. It's just a connection to the TV. It's not working too well. So, I'm just going to read read it to you. Okay, I don't want to keep messing with this guy. You know, we are not destroyed. We are more than conquerors. We have the spirit of faith, and we are and we are hard pressed on every side. But we won't stop believing God, and we won't stop speaking the word of God. Yes, we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop speaking the word of God. We're not going to stop speaking the promises of God. We are not going to stop. Okay, I'm getting all tangled up here. So, I apologize, guys. Uh, this is having some challenges today. Can you give me that? What do you want? Right here. Okay. 
Sorry about that, guys. I just want, but I want to make sure I have my PowerPoint in front of me, which are kind of my notes for you this morning. I wish I had it up here for you guys, so hopefully this will kick in. But, again, going back to 2 Corinthians 4.13, let's regroup here. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. We are going to believe, in other words, folks, we are going to believe God despite the challenges, despite the difficulties, despite the problems and persecutions, all these things that come against us, we are going to believe God. We are never promised that we're not going to have challenges. We are never promised we're not going to have difficulties. We're never promised it's always going to be a bed of roses. But we are promised God's word. We have promises, and we either need to believe God and His word and His promises, despite Despite what's going on, we're going to believe God. I don't believe in the circumstances. I believe in God. Am I making sense? That's key. Okay? This, the problems are to derail us. The problems are, are trying to shipwreck our faith. The problems are trying to get us focused on the storm and not on Jesus. Wasn't like Peter walking on the water. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water. When he looked at the storm, he began to sink and fall. Okay? And that, I don't know about you, but last time I tried to walk on water, I began to sink in the millisecond. The problems can come on in the millisecond. Okay? It doesn't take long to sink in the, in the, in the, when you're trying to walk on the ocean or the water. Okay? It wasn't slow motion. You know? It wasn't an instant replay slow motion. It, but he kept his eyes on Jesus. He walked on water. We have to keep our focus on Him. We have to believe God, believe Jesus, believe His Word. You know, you might be the only one, like Joshua and Caleb, who believe God. But believe God. I don't mind being the minority, because I'm going to trust God. Me and my household, we're going to trust the Lord. Okay? In 2 Corinthians 4.16, same passage, same, same, same chapter, he goes on to say, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our hour man is perishing, yet the end of our man is being renewed day by day. Okay? Because there is the grace of God in our lives, because there is the plan of God in our lives, because there is the purpose of God in our lives, we are not going to faint. So don't be too distracted by the PowerPoint. If it catches up with me, fine, but make sure you're listening to me. Okay? Because God has a, there's a grace of God on your lives. There's a plan and purpose of God on all of our lives. No matter what has happened, no matter what you have done, God is true, let every man be a liar, but no matter what comes against you, no matter what happens or how long it happens, we are not going to faint. We're not going to grow weary in doing good. Okay? But he, he says in 2 Corinthians 4.16 that... Even though our outward man is perishing, yet in, our inward man is being renewed day by day. How many of you know we need to have his daily bread? It's a daily walk. Just because you're feeling good right now under this kind of teaching, doesn't mean once we, we hang up and we stop, that you, you light, you're going to hit life right in the face sometimes. It's going to happen. I'm hitting it right now with technology. Okay? Um, I have, but despite what goes on, I have to choose to fix my eyes on the Word of God, the promises of God, the things of God, the glory of God. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix my eyes. I gotta, I gotta make that choice. And I have to make that choice several times a day, almost every day. Okay? God, (coughs) 
excuse me, is living on the inside of us. We have challenges, but we choose, we have to choose to believe God. It's a choice. It's not automatic. You have to choose to believe God. You have to choose to not get in the flesh. You have to choose to trust God. See, we have the spirit of faith, and this spirit of faith speaks. But the, the, this, this spirit of faith will speak out of the abundance of your heart. You can claim, you can recite, you can confess you have the spirit of faith, but whatever you have in your heart is what's going to come out. And so you can talk, you can claim, you can whatever, but if throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, you are putting in all the, all the cares of this world into your mind, into your heart, guess what's going to come out Monday through Saturday? If you, if you sow corn, you're going to get corn. But if you, if you sell corn, don't expect beans. Don't expect tomatoes. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Because I have the spirit of faith, I'm going to say some things. I'm going to speak what God has said, the word of God, the promises of God, the grace of God. We've already talked about that. I have the spirit of faith, and I'm going to speak what God says about the situation. Okay? The spirit of faith is a speaking spirit. We've already covered it. If you have the spirit of faith, you can't just sit there and be quiet. It doesn't work that way. That's not how the spirit of faith works. At the same point in time, most of us are not just sitting there being quiet. We're talking about something. Whether we're talking about the problem, whining, complaining about it, murmuring, complaining, as the scripture talks about, or we're, we're speaking the things of God. We're usually saying something. And if we're not saying it on the outside, we're saying it on the inside. Okay, some of us are mumbling, complaining all day long, and you you know it does come out once in a while. And since we have the spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Second Corinthians four thirteen. We talked about this last week. What is written? Paul is quoting David, and we went to Psalm one sixteen verses eight and ten last week. We read it in a little more context, but begin verse 8 this week. <coughs> Excuse me. David says, For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from, from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, and I believe, therefore I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. We read this last week. Paul is quoting from this verse last week, but David says some great things in the previous verses. He's praiseworthy things that are true about God. And then he, this was what Paul's quoting from, I believe and therefore I spoke. But then David takes it to another direction, I'm greatly afflicted. And that just doesn't seem to pan with what with, with Paul's saying. But Paul's quoting him for a purpose, and this is what David said, I believe and therefore I spoke and I'm greatly afflicted. And then we went to Hebrews chapter 10 last week, and we saw how, but I recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. The King James says it this way, um, verse 32, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were eliminated, you endured a, a great fight of afflictions. How many know it's called the fight of faith? And sometimes when we are doing what God calls us to do, and be who God calls us to be, the enemy comes and afflicts us with the fight. He will use people. He will use loved ones. He will use your boss. He will use your governor and, and different people. He will even use your dog. He will even use your cat. 
He will even use your Wi-Fi and computer systems to afflict you, okay? But he goes on to say, Cast not away therefore your confidence, that's faith, which hath great recompense of reward. Sometimes you will receive a great affliction or attack in the area where you are believing God. We talked about this last week. This is a little bit of recap. It's taking a little longer than I thought. But, but I, I, I'm saying this on purpose. Satan will attack you in the area where you're believing God. Before you believe God, you were going the way of the world. Before you acted in faith, you were going the, the way of the rest of the world. Before you stood on the word of God. You were going away with the rest of the world. Just like Joshua and Caleb. They believed God. And like the rest of the, the spies and the rest of the nation, they were not believing God. But because they believed God, they wanted to stone them. They wanted to kill them. They wanted nothing to do with them. And they stood out. Sometimes the minority is right. And sometimes the majority is wrong. Same thing with David. David comes on the scene with four, four, uh, with, uh, with Saul and his army. And all the armies of Israel were wallowing in fear for 40 days. And then David comes on the scene, this little boy. And he's like, who's this uncircumcised Phil? Seeing that he should defy the armies of the living God. David was a minority. Not only by his age, but also he was the only one. <laughs> He was the only one who was believing God, and therefore he spoke. Okay? <coughs> but you weren't really much of a threat, though, to Satan's kingdom, and nor were you a lot of good to God's kingdom when you were believing like the rest of the Israelites, like you, like Saul and his armies. You are, when you're wallowing in fear for 40 days, you're no threat to Goliath. You're no threat to the the happiness of Canaan that they were supposed to conquer. You're no you're no threat to Satan's kingdom and you're no use or no good to God's kingdom when you are in not in faith, when you're not walking in the spirit of faith. The just shall live by his faith. Am I making sense? Hope we do not get too distracted here. I know it finally catches up with me after a while. But when you heard the word of God, when you believed on the word of God, when you stood on the word of God, when you began to speak the word of God, you became a threat to devil's kingdom and you became a great potential to the kingdom of God. All four of these things have to happen. You're not going to speak it until you hear it. You're not going to speak it until you believe it. And you're not going to speak it until you, you're not, you're not going to stand on it until you hear it and believe it. But if you believe it, you'll begin to speak it. But until you believed it, until you heard it, you're not going to be any use to the devil's, to God's kingdom and any threat to the devil's kingdom. But the devil will tempt you. He will afflict you at the point that you are believing God. We looked last week at David. We've already been, we've already requoted from Corinthians and, and Psalm 116. But in 1 Samuel, we have the scene of David and Goliath. But before we get to that scene, real quick, David was anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. He played his heart before Saul. He went back to take care of his father's sheep. His brothers went to war. His father had him take cheese and crackers to his brethren. And then Goliath defied the armies of living uh, armies of Israel. And David heard Goliath's talk, and he began to speak. Okay. See, with David, Saul and his army was shaking in their boots for forty days. And then this little boy shows up and says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
that he should defy the armies of the living God. You know, they were being hard-pressed on every side. They were wallowing, they were shaking in their boots for 40 days. These were the soldiers. These were the mighty men of valors. <laughs> and then the little boy comes, the little shepherd boy comes on the scene, and he begins to speak. And there was no small stir when he began to speak. Okay, why did David look at things differently? Again, this is a recap from last week. When you are anointed by God, you are going to look at things differently. You're going to think different. You're going to act different. You're going to talk different. Okay? His brother really killed him. Saul questioned him. Goliath derided him. But David kept speaking the word of God. You might be ridiculed. You might be questioned, even by your loved ones, even by those who love you. And I'm, this is not a put down to them, but some, you know, uh, even Peter got rebuked by Jesus. One out of one instance, he was he was uh, uh, applauded by Jesus, saying something that was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that Jesus was the Christ. And the very next moment, Jesus was saying, "Get behind me, Satan!" Even the best of us can 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 get a place where we question and ridicule. But then even Goliath derided him. But David kept speaking the word of God. Why did he keep speaking the word of God? Because no matter what everyone else was doing to him, saying to him, he was believing God. He believed his covenant. You know, no disrespect, but he wasn't going to listen to his brother. No disrespect, but he wasn't going to listen to Saul. No great disrespect, he wasn't going to listen to Goliath. He was going to believe God. Okay? When the devil talks trash to you, he tries to get you to stop believing God. Talk back. That's the time when we talk back. Okay? God, stop telling God about your problems. Start telling your problems about your God. In other words, stop talking about your problems. Start talking about your God. Sometimes you will receive great affliction in the area you're believing God, but you keep believing God. Okay, so all that was recapped from last week. I know, sorry it took so long, but now we're going to talk about God. That's always a good thing to talk about. So we're going to look at uh, in Genesis uh, because we're talking about we're talking about we have the spirit of faith, and the spirit of faith that we have speaks. And now we're going to look at how God see when God believes, He speaks. And we're going to look at that. Now we don't think about this a lot because we think God always believes. But God has, walks in faith. You know, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God had faith, and God spoke the word of God. I mean, you know, we're born of God. He's not going to tell us to do something he doesn't do. Like father, like son. Okay? John 1 1 says, by f uh, it didn't catch up on the screen, but it's on my screen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's Word was in the beginning. God's Word always was. And God, who is the Word, spoke the Word, and things began to happen. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it's not on the screen, it might catch up. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I'm in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. 
Most of us know this. We've heard this all of our lives. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, God was hovering over the face of the waters. I want to I want to piggyback real quick. This is not a main point, just a supporting point on this word hovering, when the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. If you look up this word hovering in the, in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it means to, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, brood by implication or to be relaxed. In other words, it's like a mother hen who broods over her chicks. Okay? In other words, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the elements from which all life would be created. I like, I like looking at it this way. In other words, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters like a hen broods over his chicks. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit was hatching the potential that God what God created. I know that that means much to you, but folks, when when you are born again, the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. You are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're going to look at that in just a moment in Ephesians chapter 2. But God has a perfect plan for you. God has a perfect plan for your life. Your life is not to be is not destined to be formless and void. The earth before God began to speak, before God began to create things, was formless and void. As the Holy Spirit was hovering like a like a mother hen over her eggs, ready for them to hatch. The Holy Spirit was ready to hatch what God was going to speak. It was formless and void. Your life is not formless and void. You have, you have the spirit of faith and, and, and God had the purpose for your life. God had the destiny for your life. God, you were created, um, you were, you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Cause it says in Ephesians 2, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before we should walk in them. You are not just a mistake. You are not just a happenstance. No matter how your mother and father got together, no matter what happened in, in your history, <coughs> you are not a mistake. God never creates mistakes. God has a purpose and a plan. You might have made a mess of your life, but God has a way to restore your life. Your life might seem like it's formless and void, but the Spirit of God, the Spirit of faith, wants to come into your life and bring it into alignment with the Word of God, with the plan of God, with the grace of God, with the purpose of God. When you are born again, not only is the Spirit of God in you, the oil, which we talked about in our last series, and then the Spirit of God comes on you, the wine, which we also talked about in our last series. But there is anointing on your life. There is a purpose in your life. Not just pastors, not just teachers, not just evangelists and the fivefold ministry, but there is anointing on your life. We're going to talk about that a lot more in detail when we get into our next series. But there's a purpose of your life. If you will operate, if you will operate within your anointing, do what God has called you to do, you will find great power there. You will find great anointing there, what God has called you to do. God hasn't called me to be a missionary. God hasn't called me to do a lot of different things. God's anointing is not in doing those things that God has not called me to do. But God's anointing is in my life to do what God has called me to do. Okay? The Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. 
<coughs> I don't know if you got a lot out of that, but hopefully you'll tie this into what I'm going to say here. Okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then, in Genesis 1, you're going to see this happen nine times. But in Genesis 1, you're going to see, and then God said in verse 3, God said in verse 6, God said in verse 9, God said in verse 11, God said in verse 14, and God said in verse 20, and then God said in verse 24, and then God said in verse 26, and God said in verse 29. Nine times. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit had a purpose for your life. And then God said, and things began to happen. When God created the earth, it was without form and void, no purpose. The Spirit of God hovered over the earth. And then God began to speak. Things began to happen. We have the same spirit of faith, and therefore we speak. It takes faith to activate the grace of God that is in your life. God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. According to Ephesians 2.8, we'll get there in just a moment. Okay? Actually, I'm going there now. It doesn't go on your screen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved, it is the gift of God. I'm going to go off on this in just a moment. It takes faith to activate the grace of God that is in your life. You need two things. You need grace, and you need faith. Okay? It takes faith, and it's voice activated. Grace comes from God, but you mean you need to agree. You need to believe in that grace. By grace you are saved through faith. It's not by grace alone. It's not by faith alone. There's a lot of different churches and denominations out there. Some are all grace-based, and they don't want to talk anything about faith. And there's some that are faith-based, and they don't want to talk anything about grace. That's wrong. That's na- That's dangerous. It's grace through faith. God provided the grace through Jesus Christ. God provided the grace through his word that was there in the beginning. But that grace is voice activated. Even Romans 10, we'll look at that later. But we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay? It's voice activated. Okay? There was grace on David's life to be king of Israel. There was grace on David's life to be deliverer of Israel. There was grace on David's life to bring freedom. When things came against it, he acted like God and that he spoke the word of God. He believed and therefore he spoke and things began to happen. There was grace on all creation. God spoke that purpose into existence. It did not just happen. Creation didn't just happen. Do I believe in the big thing bang? <coughs> Let me say it again. Do I believe in the great big bang theory? Yes. God spoke and bang it happened. That's the way I believe it. Okay? It did not just happen through osmosis. There is grace available through Jesus. But if you want to operate in that grace, and that grace includes healing, provision, wisdom, and all kinds of stuff. There's grace in your life. But it takes faith to voice activate his grace in your life. 
Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's things that we need to speak. There's things that we need to believe. And voice activate the grace of God in your life, in your body, in your finances, in your home. We need to bless it. There's some things that we need to bless and there's some things that we need to curse. That makes sense? The power of life and death are in your tongue. They are voice activated. It does not just happen because you showed up. Otherwise, everyone would be operating in it all the time. It's not automatic. It's not automatic just because you show up. Showing up is part of it. Okay? But you have to believe it. And if you believe it in abundance, you're going to speak it. Okay? Not everyone is believing God. Yeah, everyone can. Not everyone will. But everyone can. Not everyone believes this in abundance. But somebody like David will believe God. Someone like Joshua and Caleb will believe God. Okay? Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. It's available to everyone. There's a lot here. I'm not going to go into all the scripture. But it goes on to say in verse 17, For the just shall live by his faith. This gospel, this power of God, I know I'm cutting it off here, is available to everyone who believes. The Paul, in the book of Romans, uses the word gospel and grace interchangeably throughout the, the book. This grace, this gospel, that's the power of God, is available to everyone who believes unto salvation. Salvation includes healing, wholeness, prosperity, deliverance, whatever you need, His grace has already made it available. You just need to believe it. You just need to activate it by faith. Am I making sense? Going back to 2 Corinthians 4.13, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. But this is not just true about the words that we speak. This is also true about the words that we hear. Don't get distracted by all this if it's not catching up. And maybe I should turn that part off. I don't know. But we need to, in other words, what I'm trying to say right now is that we need to not only police what we speak, we also need to police what we hear. Because what we are hearing in abundance is causing us to believe or to unbelieve. And whatever you hear in abundance is, and believe in abundance is what you're going to speak. We need to please what we hear. Jesus said in the parable of the sower, take heed what you hear and how you hear. We need to take heed what we hear. Okay? Romans, going back to Romans 10, Paul says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and, and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Romans 10a. Now when I read the scripture, especially when it says in the word of faith which we preach, some people ask me, so are you a word, a word of faith preacher? As opposed to a word of doubt and unbelief preacher? Yeah. Now, do I, uh, you know, I don't know how you want to phrase it, but I believe in the word of faith. I believe, I'm not going to be a word of doubt, and I'm not going to be a word of unbelief preacher, a believer. 
I'm a word of faith preacher. Maybe not in the context that you are saying it, but in the context I believe the Word of God teaches it. Okay? It takes two things to, plan, to get the plan of God working in your life. His grace and your faith. You need two things. His grace is already there. And you can't earn it. If you could earn it, it's not grace. What you need to do is believe the word of God. What you need to do is believe his grace. Believe his word. Believe the cross. Believe Jesus. Believe the promises of God. He's done his part. You just need to activate it. You ever get a new uh, debit card and you have to call it in and activate it? Or a phone or different things, you have to activate it? Well, that's, you have to activate it. It's there. They've already made the product. They've already got the card connected to your bank account. But you have to activate it for it to work. God can't do anything without your agreement. Otherwise, everyone would be saved. Everyone would be healed. Everyone would be prospering. Everyone would be free. God has made his salvation, his grace available to everybody. But he can't do anything without your agreement, without your belief. Okay? But what does it say? The word of God is in you, your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which, which we, we, we preach. The word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. You have something to say about it. You have the word of faith. You have the spirit of faith. It's near you. It's not far away. It's already in you. You have the spirit of faith. So speak. speak. Feed that puppy. Feed it. Feed it the Word of God, because faith comes by the Word of God. Uh, speak it, read it, devour it, meditate on it, in abundance, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If you will fill your heart with abundance, with the Word of God, the promise of God, God Himself, it, it will just ooze out of you, especially when you're in a tight place like David, like Joshua and Caleb. And it goes on to say, this is, this is where we get the sinner's prayer, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, that speaking, confession is made unto salvation. How did you receive salvation? You heard the gospel. You believed the gospel. You confessed Jesus as your Lord. That's your agreement. And you receive his grace, you receive salvation, you receive righteousness by faith. And, this, and it goes on to say in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it's coming up shortly, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, <coughs> rooted, <coughs> excuse me, and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have therefore been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. I love this passage in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. I'm sorry it's not coming up on the screen completely. But it says, As the same way you receive Christ Jesus, walk in Him, being rooted and established in what? The faith. It's not a faith. It's the faith. There's a definite article there. And how did we receive Christ? We heard the gospel, we believed the gospel, we confessed what we believed. You don't, you know, you don't just confess Jesus as Lord and recite it. It does you no good to confess something you don't believe. And something you heard. When I, when we perform water baptisms, <clears throat> I, I want to make sure, I don't want to just hear a confession. 
I want to hear out of the abundance of the heart that they believe that Jesus died for them and rose again. I want to hear that confession. But I'm not just hearing Anyone can recite something. But I want to hear faith. I want to hear their agreement and the confession to that, what they've heard. Okay? Again, 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. We experience the spirit of faith because we hear the word of God in abundance. We believe the word of God by faith and we speak the word of God. The same way we receive Christ, the same way we receive salvation, the same way we became born again is the same way we walk in him by faith. Okay? And whatever is born of God, I know it's not coming up on the screen, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. This is how you overcome everything, your faith. And this is your victory, your faith. Now, I'm not going to get very far. We're almost out of time, but i got about 15 minutes left, and I'll use those. And I'm sorry, it's a little choppy this morning. I've been so fired up with this message all week, and then a little, little bit of a hiccup with the PowerPoint. But we talked about David. We're going to talk about him a little bit more. And uh, I don't know if we'll get there today, but we'll talk about David a little more. We talked about God, and now we're going to talk about Abraham. <coughs> we're going to begin with this one in Romans 4, the righteous of God through faith. Okay? In Romans 4, 17, again, you uh, probably should have your Bibles handy, but we're almost done with time. Paul says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, and in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I'm going to read the same passage of scripture, but from the King James. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth those things which not as though they were. We're going to get to this last part of the verse. It's coming up here in the New King James. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's believing and speaking. Okay? But he's talking about Abraham. We're going to get into some of this other part in a minute. But in the presence of him who he believed. Who did he believe in? God. And God is the one who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist. That's almost identical to Genesis chapter 1. God is the one who calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He believed in God who gives life to the dead and calls the things which are not as though they are. Okay. So I'm going to go back to God for a moment. I'm going into Abraham, but I'm going to go back to God. We're not quite done with God yet. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but uh, anyway. But we already talked about Genesis 1, okay? How God spoke nine times in Genesis chapter 1. But in Romans 17, it says, God calls those things which are not as though they were. It says in Isaiah, if it comes up uh, partially, but it's coming up, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times that are not yet done, 
saying, my counsel shall stand and I, shall, I will do all my pleasure. In other words, what I'm trying to get at here is not only did God speak in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and not only did he is it saying we're going to capitalize on this more, I know it didn't always come up, they called those things which are not as though they were, but God has also declared the end from the beginning. He's declared it. He's spoken it. I'm just bringing these three scriptures out real quick to, to point out that God believes and therefore he speaks. We believe and therefore we speak. God calls those saints which are not as though they are. We are made in the image of God. We are born of God. We are filled with the fullness of God. And we have the same spirit of faith and we believe and therefore we speak. Okay? We got to understand this. The spiritual realm versus the natural realm. I don't know how far I'll get with Abraham today. So, and that's okay. But if you if you ever do, I'm trying to see if I can get this to come up. It came up most of the way. If all you ever do is say what you see in the natural realm, then all you ever have is what you see in the, and say in the natural realm. The Bible says it this way in Romans 8, 16, to be naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If all church, we are born again, we are born of God. We are life-giving spirits, it says in 1 Corinthians 15. If all you ever do is say what you see in the natural, then all you ever have is what you see and say in the natural. I understand we live in a natural world. But we need to understand that there is a spiritual realm too. And hopefully it comes up here partially. Let's try again. Give up mostly. But if you will begin to say what you have in the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm has a power to change what is in the natural realm. In other words, let me give you a couple examples. Your body may be sick. Have a disease, COVID, whatever. But the Word of God says, by his stripes, you, it says you were healed in First Peter. Isaiah says you are healed. You are healed. You were healed. That's past tense. Now, your body doesn't look healed. The doctor may say you're not healed. Your government may say you're not healed. But God says you're healed. And I believe I'm healed. I believe by His stripes I am healed. The same cross, the same Jesus that paid for my sin, also paid for my sickness. He's redeemed me from the curse. Sickness is part of the curse from the fall. God has redeemed me from the curse of the law. You can see all that in, in other scriptures like Deuteronomy chapter 28. But I will believe I'm healed. I see myself healed. I see myself whole. That belief has a power to change the natural realm. Same thing with finances. The same thing with other circumstances. Now you can't change other people, but you can change yourself. You can encourage other people. You can inspire other people. You can plant the seed in other people's hearts and minds. But they have, they can, you know, when someone plants a seed in your heart, you can have a chance to water that seed or pluck it out. They have, a, they have the free will to pluck that seed out. But if they pluck it out, guess what you got to do? you gotta, you got to see it, sow it again. Now, if you keep harassing them with sowing the seed, you're going you're gonna to drive them away. You know, one thing I talk about, let me go off on this for a moment. When you're trying to reach people, loved ones, family, I look at it as a flower. 
pretend my house is a flower. We understand the birds and the bees. But I can't pollinate that flower if I keep harassing them and they close up. The more I harass them, they're going to close up tight like a clam. How do I open that flower so I can sow seed in their hearts? Love. Unconditional love. So I can hopefully... And maybe you are not the one to reach them. It is very hard to reach family. Jesus said himself that a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. It's hard to reach family. But maybe you can keep the flower open by your love so somebody else can come and pollinate and reach them. Okay? But we have... Those things God has provided us by grace in his word. Healing, wholeness, blessing. Uh, he's given us power to get wealth. Different things that he's given us through his, his scriptures, through his word. Through the promise of God, uh, promises of God. Because all the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. But we need to stop living by sight and we need to live by faith. We live by faith and not by sight, the scripture says. But if all, but if all you do, hopefully I can go back here. If say what you see in the natural realm, all you ever have is what you see in the natural realm. Because your faith is only in the natural realm. Your faith is like doubting Thomas. You will only believe it if you see it. But faith is spiritual. We have the spirit of faith. Okay? And we see it. It's near you. It's already in you. But if you will begin to say what you have, because how do I know you have it? God says it. Well, I don't see it. I don't care what you see. God says. I might not see it. Elisha saw the armies of the angels around. And he opened. He prayed for his servant to open. Lord, I pray that you open his eyes. That he can see there are more with us than with them. David saw this uncircumcised Philistine for who he was. Everyone else saw how big he was. David saw how big his God was. David was focused on his God, not Goliath. Joshua and Caleb were not focused on the giants in the land, that they were grasshoppers in their own eyes. Joshua and Caleb were focused on God's word. God promised them the land. And God is not one he should lie. Joshua and Caleb were more focused, believed more in God. Yes, there were giants in the land. Yes, there was ground to cover. But they believed God. And I don't care how, what COVID is. I don't care what man says. I don't care about everything. I believe God. And God is going to bless my house. He's going to bless my church. He's going to bless my business. He's going to bless us. I understand if I sow to the flesh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complicate things. I'm going to bring some inroads in the enemy in my life, in my business, in my home, different things. So I can complicate things. And that's true too. Because the power of life and death are in the tongue. I can... And as James says, I can bless God and curse men and I'm going to cause some problems. It's in that context that, that, that James writes, when there's envy and strife, that there's every evil work. Same chapter. You know, we have the power. And I'm, I got to, you know, it also says in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to get into Abraham later. I don't know how far we're going to get. I'm almost out of time. But Abraham, it said that the, blessing, the covenant God had with Abraham, that I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Do you know that when you curse your brethren, you're cursing yourself? Because he said, I will curse those who curse you. And I will bless those who bless you. It, it, you know, it's like Star Wars when that shield goes down. 
You're going to hurt yourself and you start cursing one another. But bless, you know how you can bless yourself? I mean, we're already blessed because we're children of God. Start blessing one another and you will be blessed. It's a covenant. It's God. I trust God's word. But we have to start seeing what God sees. And we need to start saying what God says about us, our situation, our families, our jobs, our nation. Stop cursing this nation. God bless America. And so there's, there's other things that we can say. I'm still going to, I don't care what's going on in this world. I mean, I do care. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, I'm focused on God. And I'm going to bless this country. And I'm going to bless this land. And I'm going to bless this house. In the name of Jesus. We have a spirit of faith. And we speak. I'll get into a little bit of here. And I'm not going to finish. And I'll recap Abraham next week. But Genesis chapter 17. God begins to speak. Well actually this is not the first time he came to Abraham. This is actually the third time. But this is where I'm going to pick it up. No longer shall your name be called Abram. But you shall be called. You shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Notice the same word that we have from our favorite verse. Second Corinthians 4.13 God says, I have already passed tense, made you a father of many nations. In other words, God came to Abraham and says, this is what I created you to be. This is who I called you to be. This is what I've appointed you to be. This is what I've anointed you to be. A father of many nations. But sometimes what God has created us to be is different than what is happening in the natural realm. Sometimes what God has called us or anointed or appointed us to be is different than what we are seeing or experiencing in the natural realm. The title of this message is Experiencing the Spirit of Faith. But sometimes what you're experiencing in the natural realm is different than what God has called you to be in the spiritual realm. God said, I have made you a father of many nations. That's a spiritual seed. In the natural, here he's, and in this context, he's 90 years old. 99 years old, and he hasn't seen it yet. In the natural realm. But in the spiritual realm, God said, I already made you a father of many nations. Okay? Are you following me so far? Okay? Same scripture. Let's go forward. God spoke to Abraham. Let me see if I can bring this up again. It kind of comes up, it's a little chopped off here. But God came to him in Genesis 12 when he was 25, gave him that, basically that same word. He came to him in Genesis 15 when he was 90 years old. He came to him again when he's 99 years old. And I'm trying to see if I can bring up this bottom part. It's not going to cooperate with me. Yet, up until this time, almost 25 years, Abraham was still fatherless except for Ishmael. Now, who's Ishmael? Ishmael's an illegitimate child. But Ishmael was Abraham and Sarah trying to produce God's promises on their own. Okay. People oftentimes hear the word of God, or they get a word from God. They get excited. And then they try to help God out in their own natural strength. And when they get in the flesh like that, they create a huge mess. I've done that, 
And many people have done that. We all have done that. My wife just reiterated me. You know, there's nothing wrong with God's Word. But sometimes we get ahead of God and we try to do it in our natural strength. We're trying to produce a spiritual realm in a natural world, but we're, we're doing it on our own. God didn't tell them to go and produce Ishmael. God promised them an Isaac, not an Ishmael. And, and they got in the flesh. And they created a huge mess. And most of the turmoil we see in the Middle East today is still a result of this mess. And so, you know, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. We, 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 it never ends up good when we do it our own strength. It might be the right word, but it's the wrong timing. And it's not so much the right timing. You are now trusting you and not God. God gave you the word, but now you're trusting what you are doing and not God. And that's when we make a problem. It says in Jeremiah 17, Curses the man who trusts in flesh for his strength. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. We not only need to trust the word, what we hear. We, it's a good thing that they, they believe the word. But God's going to do it. There's some things that we're going to say to voice activate it. But what they did here with Ishmael was not voice activating. They had some other things activating. And I'm not going to go there. Okay? <clears throat> you cannot, it's not on the screen... But you cannot make the word happen. That is what Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 4. When he's talking, he quotes from Abraham in, in, in Romans 4.17. <coughs> there was no way in the natural that Abraham and Sarah could make this promise. That God had promised them in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and here again in Genesis 17. There was no way in the natural at 99 years old. Even at 75 years old, there was no way in the natural Abraham could make this happen. Okay? But God, there it goes. God came into a dead situation. Their bodies were dead. Sarah's womb was dead. But God came into a dead situation and spoke a word of life. Abraham believed that word. And that word changed the natural reality. And what I'm talking about here is not Ishmael. What I'm talking about here is Isaac. Okay. God spoke, came into a dead situation. They were beyond, way beyond the age of childbearing. And God spoke a word of life. Abraham believed that word. And that word changed the natural reality. Jesus said this way about his word in John 6, 6, 6, 3. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I'm going to go, go into a little bit and I'll pick it up here a little bit next week. But about righteousness. Because it's going to come into play to our teaching a lot. But righteousness by faith. Righteousness for us. And everyone who's been born again, it was absolutely impossible for you and I to save ourselves. You and I could not make ourselves righteous. 
You and I, you and I were dead in our trespasses and sins. You and I were dead and alienated from the life of God. It was a dead, it was a hopeless, it was an impossible situation. Salvation is not a self-help program. Salvation is not being the best you can be. Salvation is a radical intervention in an impossible situation. Salvation is the greatest miracle of all. But we can use the salvation in every area of our lives. Not just to be born again. Being born again is the beginning. But there is a purpose. The Holy Spirit is hovered over. And He is speaking life into a dead situation. We are born again. We are born of God. And now that the words that we speak are spirit and they are life. And we have life and power of life and death and power of tongue. There's a lot. I can, I'm going to pick it up here. I'm going to recap a little bit with Abraham. And then we're going to pick it up here and talk about Abraham next week. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm out of time for the day. So hopefully you're getting a lot out of this and making sense. But we're talking about experiencing the spirit of faith. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we want to walk this out. We want to experience the spirit of faith. Lord, we're learning some things from David. We're learning some things from even you and Abraham that you believe and therefore you spoke. Help us to be like David. Help us to be like Abraham. Help us to be like you. Help us to be like Joshua and Caleb where we believe the word of God. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. We worship you. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.